Hello and the very warmest of greetings to you, my love. Welcome to the very first episode of the Marie de Bois podcast show. Pause for applause, pause for applause. That's right, it's me, Marie de Bois, yes, off the television. Singer, actress, poet, Gemini, and now podcast host. Pause for cheers, turn page. You know, people often stop me when I'm going to spin class or the off-license and say to me, Myra, Myra, they say, when is your podcast coming out? Well, ask no more because it's here and it's playing right in your ears this very second. Now, I don't know what you're up to right now. Perhaps you're on a bus trying to make your morning commute just that little bit more tolerable. You might be in the kitchen preparing a meal for loved ones. You might even be a part of a, a future master race trawling through archives for a little glimpse into how we lived in 2019. Yeah, the very year this podcast went viral. Myself. Well, I'm sitting here on the veranda at Myra Towers, my place of residence in an undisclosed South London location, sipping a cool, refreshing beverage and reflecting on an evening in late November 2018 when an enraptured audience gathered before me at London's Vauxhall Tavern. It was packed to the rafters with my fans, the admirers, who had gathered to see me interview this week's guest. Musician, composer and comedian extraordinaire, the Olivia Award-winning Richard Thomas. Now, you might have heard of Mr Thomas yourself because he enjoyed some success with his little play, Jerry Springer, the Opera, in which I'm yet to appear, although I'm sure after our little chat and offer is just round the corner... Now, we did record this in November, so there may be one or two references to an oncoming Christmas, right? Just go with it. It's best not to ask too many questions. Unless, of course, there's a Christmas coming when you listen to this, in which case, enjoy. Now, we were sneaky enough to plonk a piano in front of Mr Thomas, and, of course, with his talents and my voice, the inevitable happened. We created musical magic right there in that very room. But no more spoilers! I hope you enjoy the podcast and do remember, once it's over, subscribe and all of that sort of business. Recommend us to friends and so on. It's the very least you could do, quite frankly. Now, make sure you listen until right to the very end of the podcast because there's a cheeky little bit of bonus footage at the end. So I shan't say any more. I don't want to spoil it, but just, you know, keep listening. Right, well, I think that's everything. Cue theme tune. <laughs> Hello, Richard. Hello, Myra. <laughs> There's another person here. It's nice. What I enjoy about the podcast is that I can have this repartee with another person and it's not just me alone with the voices in my head. <laughs> As it often is at this hour. Now, for people that don't know, Richard, you are a composer, a musician, a lyricist. Would you use the word comedian in relation to yourself? No, not at all. No, I'm very behind the scenes. This is a very rare little outing on stage. A little, very... little rare outing. Yeah. It's like seeing, like seeing an armadillo or something. <laughs> Are armadillos hard to see? Uh, in Vauxhall, probably, yeah? Yeah, you Vauxhall. Know? I don't know. There's probably some animal I've group that identify. Oh, I'm an armadillo, are you? Woof. Thank you very much, love. Look, a large vodka tonic for the turn. <laughs> there you go. Cheers, Richard. Cheers. 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 Now, so you're a composer, a lyricist. Yeah. Um, I met you through Johnny Wu. Indeed. Our mutual friend. Yes. And um, he co-wrote the Brexit All-Star Cabaret with you, even though he's decided to call it Johnny Woo's All-Star Brexit Cabaret <laughs> and not Johnny Woo and Richard Thomas's All-Star Brexit Cabaret. But, you know, that's not for me. I don't want to stir the pot. <laughs> he's forgiven immediately. <laughs> so, um, how, so how did you meet Woo? 
Well, Johnny Wu, Johnny Wu, what did he, Johnny Wu does this thing. He asks people to do things, but and you can't say no. Even if you say mm. no, it doesn't actually and work. And then sometimes you ask Johnny to do something, and he says yes, and then pulls out last minutes. For example, <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. The reason I'm here is we're supposed to be doing it together, and so Johnny Wu bailed, and I, I thought, oh great, that's mine. That's that. so we, you know, we're out. That's fine. We don't have to worry about it. And then suddenly I got the call from Johnny saying, "Are oh, you going to do it though? Aren't you?" You're doing Myra's, aren't you? You're doing Myra. You can't not. So I feel guilty for him pulling out of your show. Don't worry, don't worry. You're the one with the Olivier. You're the one we wanted. Uh, I'm so, uh, <laughs> the only thing Johnny's ever won is a boys' award. <laughs> to translate to my future listeners, a boys' award is a very valuable piece of paper that we have <laughs> in, the, in the 21st century. Oh. And of course, I've mentioned that you have an Olivier because you are probably most known for writing Jerry Springer, the opera. Indeed. Thank you. And um, you must get so very weary being interviewed about this, Richard. Never, Thomas. never for a second. There was a never little flinch a in the right eyeball there that you didn't see. No, I know that, but we must touch upon it for a little bit, just for context, and also because there was a breakout song from that musical that had quite a popularity in this in uh, this absolutely. building. Yeah, and yes. I can't imagine that you feel very positively about it. Oh, no, I do. So we're going to talk about it anyway, just to create no, divisions and tension. <laughs> um, no, I'm talking about the song I Just Want to Fucking Dance. I Just Want to Fucking Dance. Yeah, which yeah. was released by Alison Gia. A lot of, there are many releases out there. Many releases. Many Did you hear those royalties talking then when <laughs> you said that? No, very few, there are very few royalties because of the word fucking in it. Which goes, of course oh, makes, really? Yeah, that makes the song. But you don't get any radio play because I just want to fucking dance, which is the great, that is the point of it, you know. I just want to chuff in dance, doesn't have this. I just want to bloody dance. Yeah. It doesn't have the same, does well, it? Well, no. no. But, you know, it's kind of, I kind of like the fact that it's a sort of underground gay hit. That's and just people been that are listening to this right now in the future will be baffled that in our time the word fuck wasn't allowed on the radio. <laughs> what a glimpse into the past these important archives are. And no, because it's a very popular song and there's an act called the D.E experience that used to used to work on this stage <laughs> she's thrown another strop and gone back to a tugboat i've been to grand canaria i was i was summoned out there you know to, to go and work entertain the, the yumbo center right? have you been to the yumbo yes. center you've been to the yumbo center it's, it's Elephant Castle, but sunk, submerged. It is, and, submerged and in Elephant sunlight. Castle. And yeah. in sunlight, that's right. It's the Barbican Centre, really, both architecturally and culturally. It is very similar to the Barbican Centre. And there's a, there's, there's a bar there called Centre Stage, and that song comes on every night at midnight. Really? Yeah, Aww. And they turn disco lights on and everything. And they're all too fucked to notice, but it happens. <laughs> It happens every night. So do you have do you have affection for Jerry Springer, the opera still, or Absolutely. has it turned into the school music? No, the I mean, it was... It play, goes, uh, school uniform. You're like, I mean, oh, that, that again. That song was, you know, everyone goes, oh, it was written on the back of an envelope, but it sort of was, you know. And it was, I, I wrote it, but, um, and we tried it with a drag queen, actually, in the, um, without, without any music. And he just... Um, and I just kept, said, I'll just read these lyrics out. We tried it out in about 50 people sort of thing, and I just said, read these out, see if there's any kind of emotional engagement or whatever. And he just went... And I was really surprised because he went really serious and I don't give a fuck no more. People think I am a whore. I just want to dance. I just want to fucking dance. And it was like, oh, and I went, oh that's our ballad. That was that's like our fucking Richard Disney Grant ballad. Walked into the room and did that then. That was such a dramatic. 
yeah. a dramatic so, telling of. So that was the reason. So he read it out, and it was well, she read it out, and it was gorgeous. But they it's read it out. It's a song with an awful lot of pathos, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And that's often lost when it's got a pop as a cop beat. <laughs> <laughs> They're not here with their tops off on a Sunday going, what pathos. Uh, <laughs> I think when people see the show and, they, and, the, and the, the ballad kind of uh, kicks in about three quarters of the way through Act One, they're kind of waiting for the five-minute mega mix and it's actually just a big old ballad, you know. Yeah, so, uh, you know. like when you go and see Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> but we've skipped forward in time, Richard Thomas. Yes, go we've on, go skipped on, go on. forward in time. It says here on Wikipedia, I've looked you up on the internet. Don't I've worry about it. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Everyone that comes on my podcast gets a good Googling. And... <laughs> I typed in Richard Thomas, and I have to say, not a very distinct name, Richard Thomas. I no. don't, listen, you didn't write that. That's one that's not on your head, is it? That's your parents, I assume. And um, so it comes up with Richard Thomas. Richard Thomas Barclays. Right. Do you bank with Barclays? You know, I do. Uh, oh, you do? <laughs> I'm trying to, well, I'm going to go and try Richard Thomas Barclays pin and see what comes <laughs> Who knew the internet was so fragile? You can see why these <laughs> Russians are all over it, can't you? <laughs> Richard Thomas Imperial is the next one. Do you think we should return no, to the empire? No, monarchy, no, 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 no okay. No, no. Richard Thomas EFG. Oh, no idea what that is. What do you think that is? I don't know. What do you think EFG is? It, it, letters. They are letters, yes. <laughs> Well, judging on your reaction to Richard Thomas Imperial, I don't know what your reaction to the next one is. Richard Thomas MBE. Ooh. Would you accept an MBE? Um, do you know what? I wouldn't. You wouldn't? Do you know what? I say I wouldn't, but if I've never, I'm never going to be offered, right? But if, you know, I could say, it's easy if you think there's not a fucking chance in hell they'd be being offered, but I, def I would hope I wouldn't. You might do, you, might, you see, you say it now. I'd be very disappointed in myself if it did. I'd still, I'd be, I'm hoping I'm not. Uh, but do you yeah, know what, Richard? Because you're saying, oh, I'm not going to get it. offered one because that's, you're thinking, you're thinking of Liz and Charlie. When it's William and he's desperate uh, to be seen as cool, <laughs> it'll be like, give him, give him that, that composer what puts the swearing in his shows. Give him one. <laughs> I'm sure there's more to you than that, though. We'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> Next, it says Richard Thomas Foundation. Do you have a charity? No. No? You do share a name with uh, an actor from the Waltons. Did yes, you know that? That's right. I did know that. Thanks, yeah, Mara. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that, 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 that response was, can I say it, a little weary. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, next it says Richard Thomas Children. No. No. I was uh, a child, then, obviously. But yeah. yeah. Richard yeah. Thomas uh, Palatine. What's Palatine? Oh, Palatine Road. I used to live in Palatine Road. <gasps> with my friend Laurie Luxembourg, yeah, in Dalston. The before it was hip. Before Dalston was considered Before Dalston cool. was hip? Yeah, can you imagine that? Can you imagine? No, I can't think Dalston of Kingsland used to be like a, you know, a, a synonym for like, you know, stabbing, basically, or wound. I think it still is. Or just <laughs> <laughs> if, the, if the newspapers are to be believed, that's also very trendy right now. But <laughs> Ooh, I'm not carrying. You're not. <laughs> the only thing I attack people with is sharp humour, yeah. <laughs> Right, okay, so I searched for Richard Thomas. I searched for Richard Thomas then, and I put composer, and we were off, Richard. Oh, we were off. Good. Once I put Richard Thomas composer, we were off. Um, there's an album called Soggy Martyrs. Is that you? <laughs> That's not mine, It's no. not you? No. Oh, well. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> you could just ask me. 
I could just ask you that. You say that. I don't know. So, so no. you've got Jerry Springer, the opera, which you wrote. How did you get to writing Jerry Springer, the opera? Because there must have been a time when you hadn't written it. I used to... <laughs> We're digging deep now. I used to do um, I used to do like MD work, music director on, on sort of TV and stuff like that for people like Frank Skinner and Harry Hill and, oh, right. and um, yeah, Stuart Lee and a bunch of comedians. Because Stuart like, Lee, Lee co wrote it with you, didn't he? Yeah, he, he did co wrote it. Yeah, he yeah, was yeah. he was sort of like the Johnny Woo of Jerry Springer's <laughs> opera. Only you both got billed on that one. But I don't mean to keep I don't mean to keep bringing that up. <laughs> So you were working with Harry Hill and all, and all that. Comedians. So, you know, I kind of cut my teeth in TV and all that and did, um, you know, and uh, say in the Frank Skinner show, they'd get big stars in. And um, there used to be an old band and I'd do the arrangements and um, you'd have half an hour. I mean, big stars like Kylie Minogue and all that sort of stuff. Did I do it? <laughs> you would have. I... All my television appearances blur into one. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be sat there watching EastEnders and I think to myself, was I in this? I can't. I can never remember. But anyway, the point is, you got used to working with very difficult people, so... You know. Oh, but that wasn't me. <laughs> no, I I'm mean, really difficult people. And some people, like some of the big stars, they are absolute... Name them. <laughs> I, I can't. Come on, who, who's... I can't. Who's the worst I one? I can't the mention one? the... Um, um, oh, no, I can't. Okay, you can't. Okay. I'll, t- I'll tell you after. And Now, totally unrelated, just oh, name a random one celebrity. Oh, one dead. Oh, really? Yeah, well, you won then. Yeah, oh. Yeah, everyone knows Bruce Forsyth as a cock. Oh, right. Yeah, no, it's, it's well documented. Yeah. Do you know, I asked him to come but do you on know the podcast. Nicest person? He's not even emailed back. Do you know the nicest person? Was Donnie Parton. I've never seen... No, absolutely. I mean, it was a very... It was, used to be a very, very stressful show. It was a lot, you know, and it was um, the last-minute changes, yada, 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 all the stuff. Anyway, so she'd come in. There'd be like a 20-minute rehearsal period. And she walked in, and she, the room lit up. She went out straight over to the band introduced herself, said hello, and was, which very rarely happened. I mean, I did like sort of four or five seasons, and she was one of the few stars, probably a handful, who would go and speak to the musicians, hello, da-da-da-da. She'd speak to the cameraman and everybody before she sat down with the host, and everybody loved her and was rooting for her. I've never seen him. Wow. I mean, and totally, there was, wasn't a question you could ask. It was, it was just water over ducks back, all that stuff. I've never seen anything like it. It was, it was stardom and its um, most incarnate. Stardust, it's most incarnate. I wonder oh, that's it, I've done enough now. <laughs> no, I, think that's, I, I hope one day people will speak of me so very warmly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do the same thing. If I'm, going to, if I'm going to work with, where, where we're doing a gig together at the English National you're Opera, wonderful. aren't we? And when Myra, I, you're wonderful. I, I know. And when I walk in, <laughs> patronise me. And we were... <laughs> When we, when we go to the English National Opera, and I'm mentioning that because we're plugging the gig. When, <laughs> yes. when we go to the English National Opera, I will introduce myself to all the band. I will go around each musician individually. And I'll go up. Is there only you? Yeah, I'm the austerity orchestra. <laughs> sorry, sorry, babes. <laughs> 60 fucking quid a ticket and it's just a pianist. <laughs> really? There's no shh, band? Shh, no. Shh, oh, edit that on. out. Oh, Vera, fuck off. Oh, sorry. Oh, come here. Come here. For, 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 the, for the people in the future that can't see this, come here. Come here. Vera is a, um, a whippet. A whippet. Oh. Yeah, everyone, look, in, look into those round brown eyes. Look at them. 
What you don't know is that Vera is a very staunch turf. <laughs> and a Nazi medal collector. So, you know, <laughs> people, people, people say, oh, isn't it adorable when she comes out? But she don't, they don't know what dark opinions lay behind these eyes. She, she knows what bathroom she wants you to use. She's... I had to take a Twitter password off her. She was harassing people. <laughs> oh, hello, little Vera. Little Vera. <laughs> she was cooped up in that dressing room for so long you started writing a diary, didn't you? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> right, you go. Go on, get in your bed. Get in your bed. Get in your bed, Vera. Say bye, Vera. There we go. Bye, Vera. Fucking upstage by a rat. <laughs> so, I was saying the ENO, we're going to get to the ENO. That can be a fun extra. We get to, we'll get to the ENO, and I, will, I do introduce myself to people, and the sound people as well, and the people, or the, what we call in the business, the little people. <laughs> and I go up to them, and I make sure I introduce them, and I go, get it fucking right. <laughs> you know, just... Just to break the just yeah. to break the ice, and yeah. they do usually. Yeah. Yes, good. Up to now, so the show we're doing at the uh, the air no is Brexit Cabaret. Johnny Reeves All Star Brexit Cabaret. Yeah, you've said that a lot. That phrase, haven't yeah, you? It yeah, came yeah. rolling yeah. off the tongue. I don't really know what I'm doing or where oh, no, I am. It's most perfect. Of the time. You've got you've got pretty much eleven o'clock number star bidding. We get uh, Myra on to do the big pro Brexit number, and just to be as as right. mean and as well, whatever you want to, you know, as possible. It's within my range. Yeah. <laughs> no I'm, holes barred. I'm coming on in the middle of a lot of left-wing proper propaganda to tell it as it is. <laughs> That's right. I'm not having the EU telling us how big our bananas are going to be. And, and we're doing a, a version of a song that uh, you wrote for me called Single at Christmas. Well, we, re- we repent together. We, well, mm, I, you know, I don't like to... I don't want people getting too confused by knowing how many things I'm good at. <laughs> All they need to know is that I'm a marvellous vocalist. <laughs> and I am, I'm playing Britannia. That's so it. I come out and I sing a special Brexit version Absolutely. of Single at Christmas. So, for example, um, the lyrics to Single at Christmas go, When Santa Claus comes calling by, you're sure to get a shock. There's a mince pie, pie on the mantelpiece laced with Novichok. Good line, good line. Good line, good line, yeah, good, yeah, line yeah. good line. Yeah. A number Prove, of times I've said that in Vauxhall. Yeah. And there... There's also uh, the the Brexit version is uh, telling Santa he's not welcome here. Yes, what yes. Other li- oh, I can't remember. <laughs> not important. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't be so unprofessional as to walk on and sing them written on a clipboard anyway. I know that much. <laughs> but there's also other people in it. Uh, Legato Chocolat's in Legato it. Chocolat, yeah. He plays Farage, Nigel Farage. He's sensational. And then Jade Adams plays Boris Johnson. Who's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And, and Suze plays two prime ministers. She plays uh, David Cameron and she plays uh, Mother Teresa. Uh, Mother Teresa. I keep saying Mother Teresa. Shit. It's Wait. Theresa May. Theresa May. I've got, I've got a funny joke. I've, I've got, got a funny joke. Suze Kepner, who's in the room tonight, she can use this. She can say, I've played more prime ministers than the UK press. <laughs> yeah, you can keep that joke. It didn't go down very well. <laughs> Um, so we've done all the, the, the plugging of the gigs and everything. And I want to ask you, Richard Thomas. Yes, yes, yes. What was the first time 
you touched a piano. Like Elton John in the John Lewis advert. <laughs> when was the first time you're right if you were called right if the supermarket was called Richard Lewis and they'd put you in the advert because the only reason he's got the advert is because his name's Elton John have you joined those dots yet <laughs> slow crowd <laughs> well what, what can you remember the first time you touched a piano do you know what I know I wish I did I can't no one's ever asked me that before just lie just, just okay, make it up a lie I remember when I was uh I splodged out the womb in a bloody mess and I was onto a Casio keyboard and went, eh, 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 and I knew at that point. That's that was not, it. That's not a Christmas advert, <laughs> is it? That's, I mean, it's a festive colour, but the similarity ends there, doesn't it? No, it would have to be more like, I walked, and a Casio keyboard isn't romantic. It's got to be an upright, ooh, ooh, bet it has. No, it's got, <laughs> it's got to be a wooden upright and the keys have to uh, glow golden as you touch them. As the first time your finger connected with the music. Can you remember what the first note you ever played was? Oh, I know. I know. The first chord I ever played was this. Second chord was this. Third chord was this. And then uh, during my little um, ketamine phase, it was. <laughs> Is that funny? <laughs> oh, no. Play that first one for me again. It's a D. Oh, lovely. Go for it. Let's make it up. Speak your heart, babes. Come on, speak your... Tell them what you think. You see, I don't think you need lyrics. Two instruments. What should we call that? One. What should we call that? The title. What should we call that? Yeah. Um, I don't know. What name it? What should we call it? Ah! Ah! I can't believe they were ahead of you and I fed that. I thought, anyway, sorry. They, yeah, they were great, though, aren't they? They're all right, aren't they? <laughs> and not only did you write Jerry Springer at the opera, you also wrote um, Anna Nicole, the opera. It was a libretto for uh, the Royal Opera House, yes, about the life of the wonderful Anna Nicole Smith. Anna Nicole, do we have any fans of Anna Nicole Smith in the room? A controversial figure, you know. Did anyone know. see the show? No. <laughs> oh, good. That's oh, nice. A couple of people. There you go. There's a couple of tickets over there. And um, so you wrote Anna Nicole. And yeah. were you commissioned to or did you choose to? Well, <laughs> the, uh, the Royal Opera House commissioned a, a guy called Mike Anthony Turnage, who's like a contemporary opera composer, and he called me and said, do you want to do a show at the... And I said, there's basically one... I mean, there's no way they'd ever ask me to do a thing there. But he said... And I just out of a sense of mischief said, let's just Anna Nicole Smith. And it turned out to be quite a good idea. Do you think you were asked to do that one because of Jerry Springer? They, do you think they thought, um, oh, he writes the odd operas? Yeah, you the, know. The, the sweary guy sort the of The sweary guy. But it's... But um, we, we did land it. I mean, it was very funny. Yeah. And it was... Uh, but it's just opened in Germany. It went to Germany, it went to New York, and it's going to go to Wiesbaden in 2019. Wiesbaden. Wiesbaden. The medieval spa town of Wiesbaden. Wiesbaden. It sounds like to a the new version of Anna Nicole Smith, Das Oper. Yeah. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so you... Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. You wrote... So I'm, I'm looking at this career pattern. Uh, you did a thing called Tourette Opera. 
Oh, that was way better. It was called Tourette's Diva. That was my Tourette's little cult Diva. hit. Yeah, that was. And that, that, that was your cult hit. Yes, yeah, and that was uh, sweary as well. That was really vile, but it was a very, but it really sort of it made them. Um, it sort of, I don't know, made an impact, and it was it was one of those shows where I got this beautiful opera singer, and she was um, called Laurie Luxemburg, and she sang this stuff, and it was violent and abusive and horrible, and I, I wanted to write the most uncommercial thing you could imagine, just as a, as a, I don't know, just as a sort of liberating exercise. Anyway, it turned out to be quite funny. Can you remember moving. anything? Could you play anything now for us? Oh, I can't, you know, it's so long ago. There was like, but there were songs about, you know, a, I mean, really horrific abuse and just violent swearing and, you know, just just tokenistic horror, horror. But it was funny and turned out to be funny and, um, and moving. And people go, oh, God, there was a, there was a beautiful, I took the, the words of a gay porn um, thing and did it to a beautiful sort of, so she, she sang the kind of, the, the words of a, like a gay porn trailer uh, to this really gentle sort of um, song called, it's called Down by the Lake. You know, Joey mate uh, so-and-so who met Alfie soon. There's a bit of three-way of, you know, spunk jizzing climax. Or, and, the, and she just, it just built on this gorgeous thing. And what is interesting is a lot of straight guys will see that and go, you know, I found that really moving. It's a moving expose of sex. Anyway, so who knew? Well, it's probably very say. different for straight uh, heterosexual men because they're, they're, they're a little, I don't think, I, I think I can say this, they're a little behind. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't mean with their faculties, I mean culturally. <laughs> and no, they are because I was listening the other day. I was listening to the radio, and there were some people talking about uh, Louis Theroux has done a, a documentary on polyamory. Oh yes. And yeah, and, and these straight men were talking like that it was thing. the most revolutionary <laughs> thing they'd ever heard about. Yeah. And when it comes, you know, I'm surprised if uh, gay couples have to come out as monogamous nowadays. Do you know what I mean? And they were, absolu- they were absolutely astounded to hear words being used, like thruple. <laughs> oh, here's a good idea for an opera, Richard. The Thruple Penny Opera. <laughs> wouldn't that be a good one? That would be a good one, wouldn't it? And I was also thinking about the sort of things that you write, Richard. You write Jerry Springer, the opera, uh, Anna Nicole Smith, the opera. Very unconventional subjects, but with strong protagonists. I think we know where this is going, don't we? <laughs> Do you think there's room for a Myra opera? Because I think there is, Richard. I think there is, and I've already come up with a few titles, actually. Oh, go on, go on, where's Myra it? Myra Mia. <laughs> yeah. Um, Myra with an exclamation mark. Yeah. Myra of the opera. Yeah. Mm, not so sure about that one. Okay. It's all yeah. You got to get the title first, then the poster, and then work out the rest. Yeah. Okay. Title first, then the poster, and work out the rest. Well, I'm just thinking we could do it. What would be? How? What? How? How would you play? And what do you think my birth sounded like? <laughs> Let's do this musically because this will be the big opening. Or if we're going to do the Andrew Lloyd Webber, no, we've got to Andrew Lloyd Webber. It. We'll start with my death. Okay. So I'm in, I'm in a coffin. How, how old are you? How old am I? What do you mean, like right now? No, no. For the, oh, thank God for, no, for that. For the opera. <laughs> for the opera. For the I opera. was born in 19, never you mind. <laughs> let's set it at the end, and let's just say I've lived to a very elderly okay, age. Okay, I need a bit more stuff. Is it a violent death? Is it, I mean, you sad? You, is it a, is it a, a you know, are you, gen, are you ha- have you gone happy? Are you, I don't know, what's you know, a bit more context? I think the emotion we're going to go for is kicking and screaming. <laughs> I think that's... I mean, that's how I make most of my exits, you know. 
whether it's live or a restaurant, wherever you are, leave it kicking and screaming. That's what okay, I say. Okay, I think I'm going to do you kicking and screaming, right? Yeah. And then we're going to transcend. Yeah, and then we yeah, transcend, but then we flash back to my birth. Okay, so so the opening right. scene is my death, all right, brilliant. and then we flash back and to the birth. A... We might be here a while. <laughs> and talk me through as it going, and then you know, so when when you want the transcend bit and the thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay so right. my my death. Death. Okay. Are, are you alone? Is you alone? What, what, what's I'm going fucking on? Fucking, I'm not. I'm surrounded by fans. Can see them. I can hear the grief. The so grief stopped on. for a minute. Yeah, yeah. The Maybe a march. The march of the mourners. I can see them. Some of them are tearing the hair out. The ones that are privileged to still have it. Crying thick black tears of mascara. And in the centre of the stage, there's a coffin me looking as beautiful in death as I did in life. A single spotlight focuses on the coffin and my soul transcends to the heavens, which is actually the fly rig, but... And the mourners march to the front of the stage, covering the coffin, singing their grief operatically as my soul hovers above them. And they part to reveal where the coffin was. A hospital bed. Mother is horizontal. Her legs parted. And there, baking the first of many entrances, Through the theatrical front curtain of my mother's labia. Steps forward, the infant Myra. Surrounded by NHS staff that burst into spontaneous applause. Yeah, that was good. That was good. So, so, when we do the ANO, we're not doing Brexit now, we're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like that and I can see myself because I was quite a show off when I was first born. I was, you know, I, I, th I think my first words were thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, oh. thank you. That was beautiful, just how you, just how you managed to just... It was like I was there. Oh, you know. <laughs> of course, it was a fiction, because I will never die. <laughs> I have a bit of a, a deal with... Uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's good enough. I think that's good yeah. enough to go into workshop. And I tell you now, if we were doing this in a better venue, that'd be picked up. Uh. <laughs> Alas, we're in a pub on a roundabout. <laughs> Do you know this was the first the first gay pub I ever went to when I came out about twenty three. Is this a gay pub? Yes. There was it, here, and then I went down to the Market Tavern. The Market Tavern. Yeah. 
Oh, which do you know shows what that my is age. Now. But this was the first. Um, anyway, this was the very first one. Do you remember that Absol- moment? Absolutely, I'll do never you? forget it. Did the keys glow as you went to touch? No, there them? was a there was a guy singing um, "I Am What I Am" with sort of half silicon tits. It was like as a half an implant or something. Half um, silicon tits. Just quite well, you know, times were hard back then, weren't they? You could only <laughs> afford so much. So it was quite, you know, it was quite scary, but it was also absolutely wonderful. And then we went down the market tab, and I, I you know, a friend of mine sort of taught me. Are you stuff. born from London? Born from no, London? I'm is that a sentence? Are you I'm from born. London? I'm born from woman. Born from I was woman. born in London. I mean, B- Birmingham. I was born in Birmingham. Are you from Birmingham? Yes. Well, congratulations of shaking off that accent. <laughs> oh. I think everyone should have tremendous pride in where they come from, unless. <laughs> It happens to be Birmingham. How did you leave Birmingham? How did I leave Birmingham? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, not, not mode of proud. Fuck off. Shouting out mode no, of transport. I think then, then the thinking was you, you had to get, if you wanted a career, or, you know, what, what we laughingly call career in show business, mm. you had to go to London. You, know. you do have to go to London. You still do. Manchester's yeah, having do. a go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't it? But, uh, <sighs> oh, we've got the media city. Yes, dear, sport. But you... <laughs> No, they've got an ivy now in Manchester. They've got an ivy in Manchester. What? Ivy tree. Ivy tree. <laughs> oh, can we get a microphone? These contributions are golden. <sighs> ivy tree sounds like a Coronation Street character, doesn't it? Tilsley, that's who I'm thinking of, Ivy Tilsley. She was from Rotherham. I'm from Rotherham. Here's me laughing at you being from Birmingham. Look where I'm yeah, from. Yeah, <laughs> please. I'll tell, tell you what. Have I you t- ever been to Cleethorpes? I have. Cleithopes. Yes, I oh. have been to. But. I have holidayed in Cleithopes, yes. I think that is one of the scariest places. Cleethorpes? It. By the sea, in it. Have I got it right? Yeah, no, yeah, seaside, by the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how it works. It's quite scary, right? It's not. I think Cleethorpes oh. is all right. Ingemels, you'll shit yourself up if you go Ingemels. <laughs> okay. Do you know what? Have you heard of Skegness? Yes. Well, Ingemels is like the B-side. <laughs> it's a little further down the coast, and it's where Rose has a caravan, because it's a bit more affordable. If you save up tokens for your holidays out the sun so you can go on a caravan holiday for a tenner, which, I mean, let's be honest, Jerry Springer was a long time ago, wasn't it? <laughs> and I knew you'd do that one time. <laughs> I was just waiting for that. And, and if you go and you say, if it says Skegness, it'll be Cleethorpe. Um, no, Ingemels. Yeah. Ingemels, yeah. Do you want your questions? Pardon? Do you want your questions? Have you got questions for me? Yeah, you have. Do you want I'll do them quick. Look at I'll that. Do them quick. I almost felt like Richard yeah. Thomas was hurrying it along. What we'll do first is let me just check in with my colleague. How long have I been doing? We can. Thirty minutes. I'll be quick. Go on. It's all right. We'll pad it out with a song. All right. I'll do them quick. No, no. Before we do the questions, got... uh, Richard Sorry. Thomas, uh, I've got to ask you what because Christmas is coming. Fetch a mop. I will do that till you laugh. <laughs> what is your favourite Christmas cracker joke? Okay. Uh, I just did this over there, so I looked at this. Right. So, uh, I went, hang on, hang on, I'm getting it. Uh, For people in the future, Richard is go. fiddling with his iPhone, which is got a it. very popular gadget that we have now in 2018. Here we go. Okay, what, is, what does Miley Cyrus have for her Christmas dinner? I don't know, Richard. What does Miley Quite Cyrus have for it's her... Worth a, it's worth a guess. Oh, it's worth a guess. What I does think. Miley Cyrus have for her Christmas clue. dinner? It involves a dance and some kind of meat. Christmas twerky. Twerky, there you go. Twerky. I said it fucking first. 
point at them and congratulate some arsehole in the dark. Prick. Sorry. <laughs> I'm forgetting all my therapy work I've been doing. Sometimes, sometimes, I don't mind sharing this with you, Richard, because it'll probably <laughs> become it. useful in the creative process as we work together. <laughs> but um, sometimes I find that I've got little reservoirs of resentment that are a little too easy to access. <laughs> anyway, it's come to that point of the podcast, Richard. It's come to that point of the podcast where I pass on the microphone over to the other person and let you drive right. for a bit. Are you ready? Okay, yeah. now do applause. Yeah. Sting or play, sting or play. Do you, um... Shut up. Do you want me to do it as you, or as what? me? Do you want me to do it as you? I don't want you to do a cruel impression of me. No? <laughs> <laughs> okay, just, just trying. All right, here we go. Do you support a football team? Do I support a football team? A football team. team. A football team. No, I could, I could probably manage a couple of players. <laughs> really? All right. You know, sexually. <laughs> okay, so what fashion tips advice do you have for Theresa May in the last two weeks of her career now? What fashion tips? Well, I mean, it's, it's almost like she's been infected with personality, but just at the foot. <laughs> so she'll wear a little splash of animal print down at the bottom, but then a sort of very conservative sort of blue suit. And I think she'll go from the foot upwards, and then soon we'll notice that her, her trousers, her navy blue trousers that are folded with a... Uh, what do you call that? Crease. Crease. Folded into a crease. That'll turn... <laughs> into a black lace skirt. And it'll start down at the ankle, but then it'll creep up like that, and she'll have, you know, she'll have tights on, heavy denier, varicose veins. And she'll... And then, and then it'll sort of transform. And it'll be, you know, like Olivia Newton-John in Greece. Yeah. She'll transform like that, I think. So yeah. I would... I mean, just go as slutty as possible, because yeah. at this moment in time, Teresa, who the fuck's watching? I say, be <laughs> What are you going to say? As slutty as possible. Is that your advice? As slutty as possible. Oh, nice. Yeah, why not? What do you think of those? Uh, I, I quite like, you said like a necklace thing. You Anal a beads. chain thing, didn't you, for ages? Yeah, she does, doesn't it? Maybe she they does... represent the bondage that she holds the United Kingdom in right now. I don't know. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Oh, sorry. No, go on. I can't believe I stopped you. <laughs> Dangerous. Have you, um, how has the Me Too campaign influenced your act and your life? Well, it's now... M no, I'll go with this question. It's now much easier to tell an audience to keep a fucking hands to themselves. <laughs> and I don't mind saying that. Because people think, Richard, people yeah. think when you're on stage with a microphone and directional lighting at you that you're just public property. They do. They think that, honestly, they're like ketamine users in a room with felt walls. They just want to <laughs> rub you. And I've been in bars, and I like to... Listen, when I'm doing my live performances, I like to get into the audience. I like to be involved. I like to walk amongst people. And the number of times some hands sailed up my skirt as someone's tried to be Jim Henson to my Miss Piggy, if you know what I mean. <laughs> it pisses me off, and I get to a point where I think to myself, well, I won't go into the audience anymore if oh. I'm at risk of being, you know, touched up. And, um, you know, and now you can just turn around to someone and just say, me too, and they know exactly what frame of references you're referring about. They do, they know what you mean. It means don't fucking touch me or I'm liable to glass you. 
That's a great... I never saw that answer coming, I must say. Okay, that's no. great. Um, in your banter and your badinage, I sometimes detect a kind of world weariness, and I wonder your thoughts about meditation, mindfulness, or any kind of other psychotherapeutic or uh, strategies that you'd apply in order to... Get through the now, day. regulars to my show will know that I do seek the counsel of a guru called Malcolm. He was actually an ex C of V vicar, but he was excommunicated for writing Twilight fan fiction. Doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, he's got this mindfulness retreat in Blackpool, and I go there every so often. You know mindfulness. You brought it up, so you must do. Don't really it's where well, it's sort of it's where you're in touch with yourself. It's yeah. it's you know you're you're focused on yourself. You're centered on yourself, and we work on something called projectile mindfulness, oh, and that's, that's when you tell other people what's wrong with them. <laughs> and so, say you're walking down the street or something, Richard, and you see someone, and I don't know, they're wearing a dowdy blouse or a polyester pair of slacks. Just point it out. Just say, you look like a state. And it'll give you a little confidence boost that'll last you to the rest of the day. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's so brilliant. Okay, my last question is, do you speak another language? If you do, great. If you don't, would you like to speak another language? I mean, is a, you know, it obviously gives you insight. Anyway, uh, do I speak another language? Do you speak another language or would you like to speak another language? And what would it be? Well, I can speak a little bit. I've picked up a little bit of European <laughs> as I go around. <laughs> no, because I've worked, I've worked in Spain. Do you, do you want to know what the Spanish is for what's the time? Go on. Activo, sexo, pasivo. <laughs> yeah. I've had quite some answers. But I, I, I learned that when I was in Gran Canaria. And so, I, I, you know, a little bit, a little bit of language here or there. Do you know what I, do you know what I think would be useful? Because let's, you know, let's, hey, 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 like the kids say, oh, there'll probably be old people now to you in the future. But as the kids say, as the kids say, what do the kids say? Where was I going with this? That was it. <laughs> I, uh, as the kids say, real talk. Okay. Oh. I don't really need to learn other languages because they all speak as. I'm sorry, I said it. Someone needed to say it, but I'm sure this podcast is being downloaded in multiple countries right now. Cause they, but you know what I would like to learn? A little bit of sign. A little bit of sign language. In fact, I'm going to promote that with a sign language segment on the podcast from now on. I am. In the name of inclusivity, I am going to make sure these podcasts are signed. Yeah, I'll commit to that now. I will. No, but I think that's, that's just good. more useful, isn't it? Because it's we can we, people. Everyone, everyone speaks English, but not everyone knows sign language. And I was in Marks and Spencer's the other day. Look at me showing off. <laughs> I was. Touch me. I've got money. I was in Marks and Spencer's the other day, and I said to this chap, I said to him, "Excuse me, can you tell me where the sandwiches are?" And he didn't, didn't respond. I said, "Excuse me." Can you tell me where the sandwiches are? I still didn't respond. You can probably tell where this is going. And eventually I said, excuse me. I said, oi. And he looked up and he sort of went. And for, the, for the benefit of the tape, I just waved my hands behind my ears. <laughs> well, you know that anyway. It was signed. But um, it, yeah, and, and he was deaf. And in that moment, I thought, wouldn't it have been useful if even I just knew the word sorry in sign language so I could say, oh, sorry. You know what I mean? But then yeah. the humanity left me. 
That's it. I'm done. Oh, well, I've had a lovely time. Thank you very much Thank for you, coming. Thank you. Can I have a round of applause for Richard Thomas? Thank you, Richard. This episode of the Myra Dubois podcast was recorded in front of a live audience at the Royal Vauxhall Tavern and produced by 250 Lab. Our theme tune was written by Greg Reed, and of course, the whole thing was hosted by me, Myra Dubois. That's right, yes, off the television. Welcome to the stage, singing the role of Theresa May, it's Suze Kempner! My name's Theresa May There's something I want to say When, oh when will this hours then I do it all again I've got these big bags under my eyes because I'm really tired of telling lies I'm getting bored of this Brexit shit it's been two years and I'm over it I get up every day feeling rough frankly babes I fucking had enough Michael Gove's a slimy toad and I think Boris Johnson is a cunt I wanna get away from Downing Street And go run through a lovely field of wheat I have to grab some fun when I get the chance Do you wanna see my robot dance? Yeah, I had to deal with all the backstabbing And sucking up to Trump while he's pussy grabbing I get up every day feeling rough Frankly, babes, I fucking had enough Whoa! Do you want to know what I am thinking? Michael Gove's a slimy toad I still think Boris Johnson is a cunt All this tension and all this grief I want to let off steam and get some relief I try to shag Philip but she can't get it on So I have to touch myself and think of Macron Macron, 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 Macron Michael Gove's a slimy toad, and yes, Boris Johnson is a cunt. Fuck Brexit! Fuck Brexit! 